Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's happiest podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. I'm George DeBarellis. Uh, this is a show where we ask you what's your story and what does it say about you. With me today, we have radio presenter Michael Billings. How you doing, Michael? Hey, legend. How you doing, man? Good to be on. Um, I'm good. Thank you for the legend. That's a, that's a positivity I, th- I didn't even know I needed. That is exactly why I do it, because no one doesn't like being called legend. They're like, thank you. I needed that today. Yeah. Okay, so you've gotten that. You know what? I feel less special now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. See, that's why I don't I usually just... do the follow-up, just the first bit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now you've totally taken away everything. I thought I was special. I thought I was your legend, Michael. I've shown you behind How the could curtain. You? I feel I feel used. I, I, my trust is broken. I'll, I'll, I'll get it back for you, man. I'll get it back. Don't worry. I look forward to it. I'm going to can't wait for what else you're going to call me then. Just keep, you know, I don't care. Call me legend. I need it right now. I'm still in quarantine. You know, I need this stuff. Yeah, well, I'm in Bendigo, so we just got we just found out today that um, a lot of restrictions are getting eased. So um, I'm sorry you're in Melbourne and things still kind of suck, but things are about to get a bit better for the rest of us regional Vic people. Yeah, but like, you know, you're still in Bendigo. <laughs> yeah, I'll take an open Bendigo over a closed Melbourne, man. I've lived there before. I think, yeah, no, no, I actually agree with you. Yeah. I've, I've done a couple of gigs uh, where I've gone up to Bendigo. It's good. It's a, it's cool up there. It's a big place. Like, it's a fun vibe. I, like I, it lot, I absolutely love Bendigo. Like, this is a place where uh, when I got into radio, this is where I actually wanted to end up. Like, I love that, like, in town, it's got, like, your trendy cafes and good pubs and that sort of stuff, and it doesn't take long, and you're in, like, super rural, like, gum trees and like for me to walk to the supermarket i go past sheep horses alpacas and sometimes cows and like it's a it's a 1500 meter walk alpacas yeah yeah a couple of different paddocks with alpacas in them and i'm not out in on like a farm or something i'm in a suburb like that's that's bendigo (laughs) (laughs) did you grow up in like a farm sort of thing or where'd you grow up yeah yeah i grew up in a little town called hopeton uh in the middle of the mallee it's like middle of nowhere 700 people or there were 700 people when i was there i think it's even lower these days um but like it's the sort of place where the closest we would drive an hour and a half to go to mcdonald's and that sort of stuff when when you get your license in in that sort of place it's like cool everyone load up and let's go let's go get some cheap booze or let's go get maccas or if you want to go to a nightclub when you turn 18 then yeah same deal you're looking at at least an hour and a half to go to Horsham or 2 hours to Mildura oh my god <laughs> yeah. i just love hearing i love hearing this stuff cuz it's so different to my entire upbringing yeah. so that's that that's like deep country town so what is that like how many was there a lot of kids around or was it not that many 
So I went to, so the high school I went to had about 120 people and my graduating year 12 class had 14. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Jesus, that everyone is going to be very close with everyone else. That is an incestuous oh, group. <laughs> it really is. One time, this was after I'd uh, moved away, after I turned 18, so I must have been 19 or 20, and I went to visit uh, some guys I went to high school with, and they both had girlfriends at the time, and then I went back again like six months later, and same people, same house, they just swapped girlfriends. And like that, <laughs> it's, it's, it was really bizarre. I'm like, wait, so what's happening now? Who's in whose room? <laughs> I love the like, everyone involved in that is hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah. Everyone. It's a, it's, a, it's a great little place though. Man, you just know what they've gotten up to after a few drinks one night. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. There is that's, zero question of that. That, that might have been how it started. They skipped keys in a bowl and just went, let's do it. Yeah. They're like, actually, I think I had more fun over there. Like, same here. All right, yeah. let's just switch it over. Okay. Yeah. No, but I, was the, I loved my upbringing. I loved growing up in the country. It was, uh, it was really good. Yeah. Did you do the whole, uh, like, riding motorbikes and things like that? No. See, my parents were teachers. Um, so I grew up in town. Like, I had, a lot of, I had a lot of friends who were farmers, and so you'd go out and hang out with them. And, yeah, they've all got the motorbikes, and they know how to drive at seven and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, but I grew up, I yeah, town kid. Absolutely nothing like that. I love it. It's like town kid in a town, yeah, <laughs> in a yeah. town of seven hundred. Yeah, I was the city kid. I grew yeah. up on the <laughs> on the main street, <laughs> the street, you know, the street, the one street. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. and that's a that's cool. So, like, um, but then you left there. Was that, did you leave there to pursue radio related things or uh, just in general? Not for a little while. Um, I got into radio a little bit later than, uh, when I say later than most, I think I was 27. Um, mm. But like before that, uh, I went to, I moved to, well, first I went to Ballarat to go to uni because like I was, that was just always the plan. You just go to university and I discovered pretty quick that that wasn't for me. Um, so then I moved to Melbourne. I got a traineeship at a school there, just fixing computers and doing some multimedia, that sort of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, so then I was in Melbourne for, Eight years, I think. Did a few things, like I said, at the school, and then I uh, was a lifeguard for a bit, and I worked at a video shop for a bit, and um, worked in a call center for a bit, and yeah, yeah, that's when that's when radio hit. After that, all right. So, like, you or you just kind of fell into it a little bit, or you just kind of looking around what you wanted to do, and then you kind of found this. It was one of those things that I'd always thought about doing and always wanted to do, but you know, you've never got the time, you never got the money. Um, but then I, so I worked for Crazy Johns. That was a call center I worked for, and so I don't know, if, I don't know if you remember that brand. Um, it's, it's you're you're doing like a whole very niche but very well known <laughs> retro upbringing here between Crazy Johns and working in a video store. It's yeah. Like, there's a there's a bunch of stuff you're saying right now. A lot of people wouldn't even know what it is. Yeah. Okay. So Crazy John's, for those that don't know, uh, was a, a mobile phone uh, retailer, and they no longer exist, which is part of my story because we all got made redundant, uh, and all our jobs went overseas. So all of a sudden, I had that time and money that I didn't have before, and so I did a little radio course, and then um, yeah, tried to tried to crack the industry. It took about a year and a half, but then um, a gig came up in Broome, so that was my first. First step, uh, Melbourne okay. to Broome. Yeah, yeah. So I, I should have actually said at the start, so uh, in terms of uh, where you grew up firstly, Wally, whatever, that region, where, where is that it specifically? Is that so, still in Victoria, right? Yeah, yeah. The Mallee is northwest Victoria. Mallee, sorry. Yeah. Northwest Victoria. Yeah. All right. So that's where you were, pretty deep in that area. Like how far is that from Melbourne? 
Uh, four and a half hours. Okay, yes, yeah. that's deep. That is, yeah, I love four and a half hours in Europe. That's like sixteen countries away. Yeah, but oh wait, um, I'm about to move to WA in the story. Trust me, mate. It's going to get a lot further between the places. That's that's <laughs> why I wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah, because you've gone from there and then you got to Broome, which is far north WA. Yeah, it's funny because like when I was first trying to get into radio, like I set myself like a little thing. Like I wanted to be within like 400 kilometers of Melbourne because I still loved being in Melbourne. And I wanted to be able to visit and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> It'll be nice and close, 400 kilometers. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm like, I'm a country kid. That's just that's an afternoon's drive. It's fine. Um, but then as the jobs don't come, your radius just starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, <laughs> so when Broom came up, I'm literally like measuring on a map and I'm, I realized that you can't get further from Melbourne than Broom. Like Darwin you, is closer. Perth is closer. Broom is as far as you get. You literally, like that's, your circle couldn't have gone wider unless you got a job in, yeah, yeah, on an oil rails. rig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's that's intense. I, I do find it because I actually when I, my first job um, when I came out of uni was in Sydney, which is not the same. But uh, that idea of moving, but you'd already kind of covered that because you obviously left home and you'd been living in Melbourne for so long. Um, was it still weird to like? Did you have like to pack up? Did you have a missus? Did you have all that stuff to take with you, or did you just kind of? So really. moving to Melbourne was really easy for me because we'd been going there my whole life. Like we've had family there. My mum's uh, my mum's sister lives there. My dad's brothers lived there. Um, so we'd been going three or four times a year. So moving to Melbourne was nothing. Moving to Broome, like selling all your stuff. I didn't have a missus at the time, so that was uh, it. Was pretty easy to like just sell all my old secondhand sharehouse crap that has no value at all and go there. But actually, that part's easy. But like the actual moving your your life to a place that uh, you don't know anyone, new job. Uh, it's, I'm sure I don't need to tell you, there's a lot of differences between Broome and Melbourne. Um, so yeah, it was a real culture shock. Yeah. Uh, that's a, so funnily enough, I do know a little bit about Broome because, uh, one of a cousin of mine, um, she married a chef and they spent like 10 years traveling all around the world. They had like the dream couple sort of thing because he was a chef and she would uh, pick up jobs and they would literally spend like six months in different countries and they did that for 10 years together. So like one of those storybook almost things where they got married, they had kids and even the kids, they would still travel and like set up shop and eventually they did settle and they actually settled weirdly enough where they stayed for a long time was Broom. That's honestly not an un- it's not an uncommon story, man. So many people will just be traveling and they just fall in love with the joint and just like, oh, this is the spot for us, and they just stay there. You hear it, uh, you hear that story a lot in Broome. I don't know what it is about the joint. Like I loved the place, but my I never had long term plans there. Yeah, yeah, I think part of it is as well. They I think the pay was pretty good. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. I think that's part of it as well. So you've got like a nice lifestyle and you get to save up a lot of money. Like, I don't think they were there planning to be there long term. They've moved on from there now, but yeah, they they kept. They would always go back there uh, every year, so I think that was part of it as well. So I do know a little bit. It's a yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous spot, and like in radio, you can get your first job. You can get sent to some real shit kicker towns. Like there is, you can get sent to the back of Absolute Burke. So while Broome was a long way away, it actually the the place itself gorgeous. You could end up in such worse spots. So I was I was pretty lucky on that front to end up in a tourist destination. Yeah, exactly. Like as in, uh, and it's pr- like it's it's nice. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like as in, you're not you're not in some deep outback sort of dust bowl where you just can't see anyone, and there's four people there in one pub, and yeah, like brims. People actually want to go there. It's it's a <laughs> it's a lot easier to be sad and homesick on Cable Beach in the middle of July than uh, somewhere cold and wet and frozen. So yeah, so it was uh, that part was pretty sweet. 
Hey, hey. Okay, let me hold up there for a second. <laughs> Don't go ragging on cold and frozen, all right? Well, it's cold fu- and frozen is where it's at. <laughs> it's I meant fu- more dry and dusty. <laughs> it's funny because like when I so I did two years in Broome, and then after that I did five and a half years in uh, Muldura, so another warm spot, and then I got to Bendigo and had winter, and I'm like, oh, oh, I forgot what winter was like. Like It gets proper cold at night um, in winter, so yeah. I I had flashbacks to being on being on trams with wearing scarves and jackets and yeah it all came rushing back like an animal Ugh, <laughs> yeah. scarves and jackets outrageous <laughs> well like I said broom doesn't have winter like I was wearing boardies and a singlet in the middle of June middle of July that's yeah that's yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm not a fan. I don't know it's too hot I like I like I like the cold honestly I like man. It. I'm I'm the same. I don't. People, when I was moving there, people were like, "Oh, broom! Oh, you must love the heat." I'm like, N- "No, no, I sweat like a lot." And they're like, "Oh, well, at least you like the beach." I'm like, "No, not really. It's like sandy and salty, and like, I, I like being beach adjacent. I like being able to see the beach." Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah, very niche. But I can respect that. I'm like, oh, at least like surely to dive in and leave like. <laughs> Not even to just go in the water a little bit. I, I, I no, I'll do that. But I, I sometimes wish there was like a, a nice sandless path back to the car park, so that I, when I was done, I could just be like, ah, okay, yeah. here we go. Now I'm not sandy. I know I'm weird. I'm sorry. Okay, that's. <laughs> Yeah, no, you are. I'm sorry. This is, uh, yeah. I thought it would take longer to figure out what's freaky about you. Oh. No, you you should try like, um, what about the rock? This is such a tangent now, but yeah, the rock beaches. You know, have you done stone pebble beaches? I have. I went to uh, Port Headland, which is about six hours away from Broome. And they're like, yeah, let's go down the beach. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, I'm being spoiled by how good Cable Beach is. And they take me to this, just, it looked like a mining site that happened to be next to the water. And yeah, it was... <laughs> it was bad. So you know, so you're just against beaches in general. You just pretty want water straight up to land. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely an inland sort of person. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and now you've just gone deep inland in Bendigo, so that's all right. How yeah. long have you been in Bendigo for now? I've uh, been here for 18 months now. Yeah. All right. And yeah, you're loving it. You're yeah. setting up shop. Nah, very much. So like, yeah, when um. When this job came up, I really wanted to get here because, um, like, my, my mum lives here, which is cool, but, like, it's it's Melbourne adjacent. We can still get to Mildura to see my wife's family pretty easily, and it's a real nice spot. I really like Bendigo. All right. Nice. Uh, so, you mentioned you, a wife. Is that from Mildura or from... Yeah. I uh, I met her in Mildura after I'd been there about a year and a half. Um, yeah. and yeah, really just hit it off from the get go. And so, we've got a, we've got a two-year-old now. We've been married for... Two and a half years. Um, yeah, I she's she's the absolute best. Like she was, and she basically just she hates me telling this story. Um, she basically just slid into the DMs, just a- added me, and I messaged her and just like, have we met? And she's like, no, no, just heard you're on the radio, and then nothing for six months oh, or so. What? Yeah, nothing for six months or so, and then yeah, I, don't, I can't even remember thirsty. how the next step happened. Yeah, <laughs> she's thirsty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You didn't have to do anything. You're just chilling. Oh, I, I had I had to do a little bit, but uh, you're right. If, uh, if she don't didn't... try to claim it now, my friend. I'm sorry, you did nothing. If she didn't slide into that DM, then yeah, this might not have happened. Might not have happened. That's hilarious. Mm. I love that. That's yeah. God, I would love more DM sliding in. To be honest, that uh, <laughs> takes a lot of the stress out. It really does. Well, now yeah, it's now we've got a two year old, and uh, we're three months away from having a newborn. Oh, how very 2020 of you. I think everyone on the planet who's a couple is basically pregnant. Ours was planned, and it was pre-COVID <laughs> plans, all right? I'm putting that out there. I'm going to make sure I tell our kid, though, that anyone who's like at least a month 
younger than this child was an accident, mm-hmm. like completely unplanned. It was a COVID baby. Well, I know. See, I okay. Look, I, I I don't have a. I'm not that, but I've seen a lot of people who maybe they brought it forward. I don't know about <laughs> accident completely. But they're more like, what are we gonna do? Ah, let's just have a kid. Yeah, Fuck it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might be on the attitude of a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's that's really nice though. So uh, yeah, you're really setting up shop there in Bendigo. Yeah. No, it's um you definitely got long term plans here, like the joint. Yeah. So is that like uh, to go in the nitty gritty of radio for a second? Does that mean like your intention now? Like, what are you hosting right now there in Bendigo? So I, it's been a bit of a weird year because at the start of the year I was doing uh, workday on Triple M, so that's nine till twelve, and then there was an opportunity to fill in on Hit FM Breakfast. So I was doing that for about three months. And then those roles got made redundant. So now I'm doing hit workday um, between 9 and 12. So, yeah. I've, okay, right. I've been a bit everywhere this year, but um, <laughs> have, have landed with a stable job. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Because like, I'm interested in the structure of that. Because like, so the idea is then you just slowly, yeah, just stay there and establish yourself kind of there. Is it just you hosting this, the, that time or you got yeah. a co-host? So while I was filling in on breakfast, I had a co-host. But um, the, the, they decided to... Uh, get rid of the local hit breakfast shows, and we now have one big uh, one show coming out of Albury for all of Country Vic. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. That's a yes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I like I love the idea of when it's more localized because I think that's something which doesn't happen enough anymore in a lot of things. That's yeah, why. I, I honestly I agree with you. Um, I, I, I and I love the the Albury show we've got on. It's Tim and Jess coming out of Albury. They're friends of mine. I've known them for years. Um, but I do I. I love local breakfast and I love doing it as well. Um, that's what I was ultimately hoping to do. But um, yeah, but I still get to be local and I still get to be on the radio. Just I just get to sleep in a little bit more. Heh, which is a plus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, because I, I actually just experienced this recently because uh, I've been living uh, down in Mornington Peninsula mm-hmm. and hearing the Mornington radio there, that's when I was like, oh, I love this. I love the fact that it's like a different, just local to this area sort of thing. All the ads are like stores around the corner and stuff it's the best yeah it's it is it is different being in the country like i mean you're in melbourne so you've still got your triple m's and your foxes and it's all melbourne but it's just everything's just a bit bigger so um like i lived in maribyrnong for a bit while i was there and you're still hearing ads for st kilda or frank's and you're like i don't go that far away i don't know these businesses so yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know these guys i'm on a first name basis i want to be on a first name basis with the people that are advertising to me that's, otherwise that's not it interested. that's it man that's it <laughs> yeah I want it tailored. That's a, it's, it's nice. It's true. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I love hearing this stuff because, like, obviously, yeah, completely different upbringing. And it's a whole world that is here in Australia that I think a lot of people, especially in the bigger cities, might not be aware of, like this regional sort of upbringing. And then I'm guessing a lot of people maybe move away, but then a lot of them actually end up heading kind of back, maybe not to the same town, but to country towns or sort of because they, they yeah. love it. Growing up. Most definitely. Like I know a lot of country people that I met in Melbourne and they sort of do a bit of time there and then wherever work takes them or they decide, you know what, I can get the same house for 150 grand less or something like that if I just move to this spot. And yeah, that's a it's a bit of a common thing. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get it. I mean, growing up, I was always like, oh, city's the best, but now I totally understand the idea of like space. Yeah. And quiet. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Just, it's, yeah. It's nice. Quiet's pretty sweet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, huge fan. Huge fan. Don't make me start on quiet, mate. It's not enough of it. I went to Melbourne like uh, one time last year, and I hadn't been in a little while, and I was just over from Crown there on South Bank, and there was trams, and there was people yelling, and all of a sudden I realised, wow, I'm a real tourist here. I have not lived here in a long time. 
like in a movie, where all the volume would be real turned up on the horns and stuff. You're <laughs> yeah. like, hey, you're like, ah, talking. Yeah. That's it, man. Nice. Well, I guess we should uh, we'll jump around into stuff as well as we go. But let's. Uh, how about we hear about your book of choice for today? What have you gone with? I have gone with uh, a book that I hadn't read in a while, but I was so excited when you hit me up because it got me, gave me a chance to uh, get out again. I've gone with Nicholas Pileggi's Wise Guy. Which is the movie? Uh, which is the book that the movie Goodfellas is based on? One of my favorite movies in the world, and the book is awesome. I love it. That's. Uh, did you read the book first or the movie? No, I, the I, I saw the movie. I can't remember when I first saw the movie, but I remember instantly loving it. And then when I sort of yeah found out, oh, it's based on a book. I should check that out as well. And yeah, the movie is just so. The movie is really accurate. Like they've obviously had to trim bits out of it, but the. Some it's not one of those ones where you're like, oh, the book is so much, but they destroyed it in the movie. It's not. The movie's great and the book's great as well. That, that's good to hear. I was actually, because I haven't read the book, but I, I looked up a few of the things to do with the movie and it does sound like it's actually pretty close. Yeah, absolutely. To, yeah. It's funny that um one of the biggest things that happens in the book in, and the movie as well is the, the Lufthansa uh, robbery, the heist that uh, where they steal all this money, they steal like five million dollars in untraceable cash from the airport, and it's a massive thing. And in the book, they do blow by blow how they did it, and um, it's seriously like o- Ocean's Eleven GTA Five style heist. But in the movie, they basically show them having a few discussions about it, and then all of a sudden, it's just Henry hearing that it's happened in the shower. Like they don't show any of it. And yeah, it's it's one of those things that during the movie it doesn't strike you as odd, but when you're reading, like this would have looked really good in a movie. Like, I guess uh, it's the classic, like, does it is it needed for the story that they're trying to tell? Yeah, and I guess I it I guess it wasn't. They didn't. Uh, Henry Henry Hill, the main character, wasn't there, so they don't need to show it. Yeah, exactly. That's because yeah. because to clarify. It's a non-fiction. This is stuff that happened. This is stuff that happened. This is based on a real guy, um, uh, Henry Hill, who, like the, like the movie shows, um, started hanging around with these guys when he was um, a, an early teenager and just started hustling with them and stayed in organized crime his entire life until uh, basically he was painted into a corner by, uh, by the police and had to flip on all his friends and ratted out everyone for his own, for his own freedom. And is the book, is the book from? He didn't write the book, did he? He it's um it's a journo who wrote the book, um but it is completely like in conjunction with like he Henry Hill apparently wasn't the most eloquent bloke and he wasn't real big on uh, writing as he'd stopped going to school at about thirteen to be a gangster, um so yeah, yeah so the, yeah so a lot of it is excerpts of conversations that they've had and then this journo putting it all together in a coherent book, um but again like the movie it cuts between. This is Henry saying this verbatim. Here's his wife talking about it, and yeah, and so on. That's a, it's yeah, it's a crazy, it's a crazy story. Like as in, it's yeah, iconic. Does it go into his feelings of betrayal about having a flip on everyone? Is that a thing? Well, you, you think it would have, but he's really nonchalant about it. To be honest, it's like because it's all just business to all of them. Like they, you, they really don't get into their feelings all that much. You'll hear him talking about like they had to, they had to whack somebody, they had to murder someone, and it's just business. It's not like oh, but what about what about their kids? What about their wife? What about your own conscience? Like none of that comes up. So when it comes to oh, they've got me, I'm going to jail forever. My only way out is to is to uh, tell them about this heist, to tell them about these murders, all that sort of thing. That he he's just like, 
it's business. I'm looking out for number one, and sorry, guys that I've partied with that have been to my house, that have been to my wedding, if, if it's at the price of you guys, that's business. It's really bizarre. Like It's a w- real window into another world. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting to me because uh, to go mentioning another book now, I don't know, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. That, that movie that came out, um, that was based on a book, and it was uh, the book- was fine. It's just basically a guy trying to talk about how much of a cool drug addict he is when mm. he's a stockbroker. It's like, <laughs> you're not a rock star, mate. Take it easy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. But uh, it's interesting because the book... Uh, went out of its way almost to kind of show how little of he didn't give a fuck about anyone when he flipped at the end. He's like, just didn't care. He just straight away just went with it. And the movie went out of its way for some weird reason to just go in the other direction and considering it was Scorsese as well, to really highlight that he was trying to help his mates out, that he wasn't trying to dog it. It was a very interesting choice that the movie made compared to the book because like obviously it makes the character more relatable if he cares about Dogging everyone, and I actually can't remember if the movie of Goodfellas did that as well. Uh, framed it like not a really cool choice. They the the movie literally shows him like in court, and they're like, "Is the man who uh, did this in the court right now?" And he just he just without any emotion on his face just points out to Robert De Niro's character. He's like, "Yeah, he's just there. That's him." And <laughs> it's it is that simple. It's it's and it's also funny. I feel like, and I count myself in this. It's easy to forget. And Wolf of Wall Street might be a bit like this. It, I, I love the whole movie and the whole book just to show this this lifestyle, and I think it's easy for people to get swept up in that, but the punchline being that everyone either died or went to jail. It's almost like Scarface. People love Scarface and like, oh, look at all the cool stuff he does, forgetting the punchline that he dies. And I think Wolf of Wall Street's like that. It's like, oh, look at all this great stuff. It's like, yeah, he went to jail. Yeah, that's the that's the punchline to this whole thing. Uh Look, not ex- that's what actually makes Wolf of Wall Street a bit weird because it's like it is the they wrote about it at the time the fact that it's one of the first movies now where now they're really just gone they're like you don't get punished for being a dog anymore like as in this guy went to prison yeah. for some nothing for three years it was like a camp and then he's come out and he's a motivational speaker now and people uh. so much and he's got Leonardo DiCaprio acting as him 
Which is like, that stuff's okay, but I always found me so strange the decision to actually lie and make him a better person than he really is because that's almost, that's a weird choice to do from a movie's point of view. It's like, why not show how he's a dog, but you kind of like him? It seems like a cop out to actually my guess, fake him being a My guess person is that me. they, uh, my guess is that he was an executive producer on it, and he had uh, stipulations on how he was uh, how he was portrayed. You watch a movie like Straight Outta Compton um, about NWA, and you're like, "Oh wow, they're really making these guys. They're really omitting these guys' faults." And then you look at all the executive producers. It's like, "Oh, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre are the executive producers. That's why you don't see Dr. Dre beating his partners because." He had final say on it. That is, uh, yeah, that's got to colour things. That's why. Yeah. So, uh, Sometimes it pays to have a look at who's uh, who's writing the checks, and I reckon uh, the Wolf of Wall Street might have had, uh, what was it, Jordan Belafonte? Yeah, uh, Belfort, yeah. Belfort, sorry. Um, he Maybe he was one of the exec producers. I think he definitely was. The fact that he was in the movie as well kind of indicates that too. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be my <laughs> guess then. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, so why, why do you, I guess a few questions. Firstly, uh, why do you think this is your favourite book actually do you read do, do you read much i in general i love to read i don't get heaps of time to read that's the that's uh the problem i sometimes face you know just like w- life just gets in the way between work and like i said i've got a two-year-old uh and a wife so sometimes you just ah. you just don't find the time um yeah look it's a common it's yeah a very common thing, but because yeah. even if you do have the time you'd rather just sit there and veg out well, that's the other I thing that, if i do get my own time it's like oh Oh, I can watch one of my shows, or I can play the Xbox, or I'm I'm so I'm so easily distracted by technology. If I go on holidays, that's when I get to read a lot. Now. Um, yeah, yeah. But I do like to read. I <laughs> I was a bit worried when um when I was hit up to come on the podcast with you because the stuff I read is kind of dumb. Like it fits into like a few categories of like rock biographies, hip hop history, and. Uh, bikey gangs being infiltrated by police. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't really want to talk <laughs> about any of these things because they're going to make me sound dumb. So that's why I was like, oh, wise guy. That's a good one. I'll do that. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Because it's, it's fine. If that's what you like, then that's, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. I wasn't going to judge you. Yeah, and the occasional, the occasional comic book as well. Yeah, just uh, like I said, not, not heaps. Not heaps of what I wanted to talk about, but yeah, they're the ones I love. I've literally got going on at the moment. One about a, one about a bikey, uh, sorry, a cop infiltrating the Hell's Angels. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is me. Is that a? Is that is Hell's Angels here and in America? Is this one based here in Australia, or is it? Uh, the one I'm reading's based in America. I don't. Is there Hell's uh, Angels in Australia? I, I don't know how big they are, but they're definitely here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I've I've driven past the house that has like the. It's got a whole setup. Yep. Gates and things. I've always been like, yeah, oh, I just see bikes there all the time. Only got fantastic things to say about those neighbors, I'm sure. Of course. Real, not, real not nice, real nice guys. Absolutely. Whatever Handsome, they need. Some statuesque sorts <laughs> whenever I drive past. Yes. Proud visage. Yes. Uh, no, 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 no. All hats. Beautiful. Yeah. Well spoken. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, in summary, yes, I do love to read. I just uh, sometimes have a bit of trouble finding the time. But now that I'm back on on work days so um when you're on breakfast you sort of you do your sh- you do your show in the morning get in i i'd get in at like five we're on air at six get off air at nine then you start planning the next day like you might not take a, a break because you just want to get the work done because then you can go home and generally if i go home i'll have a quick lunch and go to sleep and then be ready to be a human again um on work day i get in at eight i'm on air at nine till 12 but then i have a lunch break so I actually do use that time because I don't have 
I'm at work, so I don't have the Xbox there, and I've got I've got the time and no distractions. So uh, now that I'm back on work day, I'm getting back into reading, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I know, I know what. Uh, it can be hard to find the time for stuff. Like I don't have. So that's that's why I'm single, man. You got to be single, no kids, plenty of time to read. No one to talk to about it, but plenty of time to read. <laughs> I, so. I'm glad I got my. And I say this for me, I'm not saying this for anyone else. I'm glad I got my selfish years out of the way so that I could just be like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to watch 10 hours of television and no one's going to tell me otherwise. Because, yeah, because yeah. you don't do that anymore. Not one, not when you got kids. That ha- that stops. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I can let that go, man. <laughs> honest, just personally. I like those selfish years. <laughs> yeah, just, let them keep rolling, baby. Yeah. Let them keep rolling. Yeah. Um, okay, so what... So that's yeah. So you do read a bunch of other stuff. So, but why why do you think this this particular book stood out for you then, kind I, of, as an option? I think it's just one of those ones that like I really like being able to see into a world that I know nothing about, like something that's completely foreign to me. There's another book that I like. It's called Monster, and it's by an LA gang member. Something that I obviously I'm a white dude from Hopeton. I don't know anything about that. But to hear this guy talk about like how he got in, what he did while he was in the gang and that sort of stuff, it's like, wow, people like this exist. Or hearing about, like I said, cops infiltrating bikey gangs and the culture that's around that that is just completely foreign to me. So I think these guys, uh, this traditional mafia family essentially, uh, where this guy has got access to all levels of it, is just... I just find it really mind blowing just seeing seeing behind that curtain, I guess. Yeah, and obviously it's got that crime focus as well, mm. which makes it pretty interesting. Yeah. To kind of see as well, right? Yeah. It's exciting. Did you have a have you like I get does that crime element mean anything more than just like, you know, it's cool to read, or did you have anything like that growing up? Maybe you had mates who were in kind of gangs like that or anything like that? Nah, absolutely nothing. And maybe that's what it is. I, I've had a pretty clean cut life, and like I said, it's a pretty small town, so not a lot of gang activity <laughs> going <laughs> not on. Gang activity like that, but <laughs> not, not a lot going on on the mean, mean streets of Hopeton. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, absolutely ex- not. No, no drug cartels, eh? No cocaine. <laughs> yeah, not that I'm aware activities. of. Um, mm. No, it was, and that's probably it again. Like I wouldn't have, didn't experience anything until I uh, got to Melbourne and like started hanging out with different people. And like, it's just, I've come from the whitest place in the world, basically. And there's just nothing going on. There's, um, I won't say nothing going on, but you know, like (laughs) not not a lot of crime going on. Um, Lots of sunsets. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, so, so yeah, nah, there's absolutely nothing like, oh, I would have been able to do that better or anything like that. It's No, it's just morbid curiosity more than anything else, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Like I said, I mean, the entire serial killer podcast uh, yeah. explosion is, I don't think all the people listening to it are want to be serial killers. So yeah. that's- I'd like to think not. I um, Last night, I um, was actually watching, I remembered I had, uh, did you ever see the ESPN series 30 for 30, where they did like mini sports docos? Uh, yeah, I've seen one, okay. uh, which was a tragic, tragic one. The the guy who was in uh, Rocky Five, the boxer, who was like, oh, yeah, Tommy Machine the- Gun, whatever his name was. Yeah, Tommy. The- yeah, okay. The one I watched that's anyway. Ama- it's amazing that one. That, I, that's I would rec- That's better than any TV show. Almost like it's tragic and heartfelt, and it's beautiful. That, but yeah, which one are you talking about? The one I watched last night was um, 
Henry Hill, the guy from the book, uh, he he had a point shaving scheme with the University of Boston, and um, and that was what ended up taking down the Robert De Niro character in Goodfellas. Like they couldn't get they couldn't get Jimmy Burke on anything until they just they noticed that when they were interviewing Henry, he kept saying about these trips to Boston he was doing, and the way they put it was he was committing that many crimes, and it was that ingrained in his lifestyle that he didn't actually realize what he was doing was if it if it was or wasn't a crime. So he's like, oh, yeah, no, we we're going to Boston. It was part of a point-shaving thing. And they're like, wait, what do you mean? And he says, oh, I was with the University of Boston and we were fixing games. The guy who's interviewing him was going to that university at the time that um, he was talking about. And so he's ready to jump the table because he's screwing with his, his university's uh, basketball team. And, That's hilarious. But he, like he just said, it's so like just off the case. He's like, oh yeah, no, we were we were doing that, not realizing that no, that's a big crime, and that was what they ended up getting uh, getting Jimmy Burke for was this point shaving scheme because they couldn't get him on murders or this million dollar heist they'd done. Uh, yeah, Univer- messing up with university betting. Yeah, with basketball games at a university. Yeah, they um they could get him on nothing else but they had this testimony and they had so they went and lent on the the players that they were that they were in on with and everyone everyone flipped basically and that was how they were able to get him and this guy ended up dying in jail wow yeah that is yeah that's weird yeah, yeah. no it's definitely that's definitely a relic from the past people uh, no one gets punished anymore everyone gets away with yeah, it yeah yeah that's it but speaking <laughs> of relics from the past like you see like some of the schemes they're doing in this book they just don't you couldn't do it anymore just because of all the systems and checks and balances in place. Like just things like that. I, I talk about, they used to just love stealing stuff from the airport. And like with the security these days, I mean, with cameras alone, you just couldn't get away with any of it. They'd, they'd uh, do credit card fraud. Like just like it was going out of fashion. They just get some blank credit cards, buy as much stuff as they could for a couple of days and then uh, sell it all at whatever, because it doesn't matter. It's all a profit. Um, They'd rent a, rent trucks in uh, with fake IDs and go buy cigarettes in cheaper states and skip the taxes and bring them all back. Like they always had stuff going on, but so much of it you'd never be able to do again just because of the the technology in place. Like it must be hard to be a gangster these days. Ah, I've thought about that. Well, it's just like <laughs> it's impossible. You can't like, but. Think how easy it was back. You could just write fake checks. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> things just like that. Piece of paper. They, What's that? They, they <laughs> do all that sort of stuff, and they're just like, "Oh, I know a guy." And you, even in movies, you watch them. They're like, "Oh, putting a fake ID." And they're basically just sticking a photo on a different license. And you're like, "Is that all that counted for a fake ID back in the day?" Yeah, it's these guys had it so easy. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm, I'm over here earning no money, and these guys are just printing money because it's easy. Yeah, modern day sucks. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Woe is me. I can't be a criminal because technology stops me. I know. Everyone, everyone's heart bleeding for me. I know, exactly. At least we can listen to some podcasts about criminals. That's so it. That's, that's it. That's almost as good. Um, okay, let's let's see if we... Okay, how about a few more things to go with this? So the gangster side of things is cool. Have you actually read any other stuff mafia related? Um, you got any other, did you go into that sphere much or not really? Not really. Um... No, this is the main uh, mafia one uh, that I like. I like a I like a bit of true crime, but geez, if you were to press me for another true crime book right now, I would be struggling. Um, uh, no, nah, this is probably the only one that I've read in the in the mafia in the mafia territory. Yeah, yeah, it's like I got a mate who loves it. He's he 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 is tangentially related 
to that uh, world. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of helps him be hooked on it. But I think he it really appeals to him a lot of the uh, – he's Italian as well, so I think he loves the whole – the honour and the respect and all that stuff that's kind of intertwined into these stories. Uh, yeah. I re- what he likes, I think, a bit. I recently bought um, a biography of John Gotti, so I'm looking forward to reading that one. Um, so that's ah. sort of that's a, a little connected, but yeah. But I, I half the reason I've bought it is because I know nothing about him, and I think it's going to be interesting as hell. Yeah, so I guess like actually, I just thought of that with the Italian thing. So your your backgrounds are uh, you're pretty much true blue, thoroughly Aussie. Yeah, just boring skip. You know, Scottish, Irish, English, all that sort of. Um, Sometime back in the foggy past. Yeah, right? that's it. My my family's been here like two hundred years or something. I think we, depending on who you ask, I don't think we were over here on the criminal ships, but you never know. We might have been. <laughs> but the ones just after that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we were on the second wave. Yeah, the the good ones, the the law abiding citizens. That's us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's it's such an interesting different lifestyle to like. Yeah, because I'm, I'm Greek. I'm my both my parents came here uh, from Greece, so. I'm as fresh as you are old, kind of, in terms <laughs> yeah. of uh, placement here. So I guess, like, uh, does that uh, – so your culture, white people <laughs> and your culture. Oh, let me tell you about white culture, all the things we stole from everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> like, even, like – but, like, it's funny because, like, aspects of it, which might be exactly the same, I don't know. Like, even the, the concept of the – like, obviously, with the mafia, you see this family side of things, this honour, respect stuff. Like, is that something you – you saw much, you dealt with much growing up, or is that something which doesn't really, like, I don't know. Does is that part of does that does that vibe at all with like where you're from, with like you people? <laughs> what do you mean, you people? No, um, what I, I I guess we still you had the respect and all that sort of stuff for your family, but I think it was more just a polite thing. It was just as much uh, just respect your elders than a family sort of thing. Like, I, just respect. What do you mean? Hey, yeah. that's, <laughs> it's just like you know, one of your mates you respect, your parents, your mates. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I no, I cannot attest to attest to that all that much. Like, we grew up uh, pretty close with our cousins and our uncles and aunties and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, but to the 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 level of these guys, um, like. And any, like being part of a family, the the crime family for these guys is I've done a crime and I need to kick some of that up, up the hierarchy. So I need to, I need to make sure that this guy gets it and this guy controls the airport. So he gets a card of that as well. Um, Like I said, it's such a foreign concept to me. I'll be like, wait, 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 wait. So I just put my neck on the line to do this crazy crime and you want to take how much every time I do this just for yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Oh, my God. You're so yeah. white. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't have lasted a day. Nah. It's like, what about me? Nah, mate. I do not think that's right. All right. I, yeah. I stuck me neck out, so you're not getting nothing. That's it. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm straight and I still pay taxes and that annoys me enough. If I was a criminal and I still had to pay tax to someone, I think I'd be really annoyed. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, that's because I mean, I gave it. Okay. So, okay. As, as, as an ethnic, we do make fun. Like, he, 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 throw me, just paint this picture for me because, like, it's another one I try to find pretty funny. In terms of food, mm-hmm. when you would sit down, like, would you guys have, like, the big, like, ethnic sort of spreads of food where everyone's dipping their hands into the middle to grab stuff and all that sort of thing? Did, was that part of what you guys had as well? Or was it more just, nah. this is such a neat <laughs> question. <laughs> no? uh, nah, definitely not. Like Everyone's got allocated three chops each. Yeah, that, <laughs> Green that's salad. getting closer. Like, if you were having, like, a sun... 
if you're oh having a God. Sunday roast, like it might be a serve yourself thing, but it's like serve yourself <laughs> over here, bring your plate over here. There's none of this hands into the middle going on. No, man. <laughs> did I mention? Uh, that did is... I mention how white my what? upbringing was, man? <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. I just never even imagined looking because, like, I'm I'm Greek, but I can relate to a lot of elements of like the Italian mafia sort of family idea. I just realized how alien this stuff would look to you. Like, like <laughs> I'm guessing you haven't been to like country Victoria very much or like stayed in like little towns very often. Uh, look, I've visited, I've passed through and I've stayed, but yeah, not, not, not uh, extended stays. And yeah. Like in, in Melbourne, when I lived there, you might go, what do you feel like tonight? Oh, I feel like Thai. Oh, I'm thinking Vietnamese. Or maybe, you, you know what, might get Korean. If you were in a town that had an Asian restaurant, it was an Asian restaurant. It wasn't one of the specifics. It was Asian. And they better be able to do everything from pad thai to uh, beef and black bean to sweet and sour pork because we don't know the difference. (laughs) Yeah. Can I get some pad thai? Can I get some pad thai with a side of sushi? And they'll just be like... Of course you can, because this is an Asian restaurant and we know what you want. <laughs> and all Asians are the same. Yeah, so. that's, that's basically how country people treat Asian restaurants. Yeah. Uh, that's hilarious. It's like, I've often found that. Uh, it is funny, though, like, uh, when you do, because in Melbourne, I've made of mine loves talking about it. Whenever you see a specific, like, especially Japanese restaurant, and it's got Asian people in there, and everyone's like, this is fine. But, like, a lot of the time, it's, like, Chinese people who have a Japanese restaurant, which isn't bad in any sense, but just the fact that, like, as white people, we're just like, ah, they're Asian. <laughs> it's oh. close enough. The day after uh, our wedding, we, um, my wife and I came to Bendigo because we were going to Melbourne the next day to um, go on our honeymoon, but we spent the night at, at my mum's place, and we're like, what do you feel like for tea? And we wanted to go get dumplings. I'm like, cool, all right, so we'll go to this dumpling spot in Bendigo and as we get out of the car she was a few steps in front of me and there was the dumpling shop right next to the fish and chip shop and this I saw this happening I'm like this is going to be so great because there was white people running the dumpling shop and there was Asian people running the fish and chip shop and I'm like something very special is about to happen here (laughs) and I watched my wife walk into the fish and chip shop and ask for dumplings I just stood out the front just laughing at her (laughs) It made me so happy. <laughs> We've been married oh, man, for 24 hours. you stories about your wife, I've got to be <laughs> That is... Uh... <laughs> just walks in and sees the Asian guy and orders a dumpling. Yep. Yep. Oh, my God. This is, I've got to be honest, this is a lot more incriminating than that sliding to the DM story <laughs> you told at the start. <laughs> Oh yeah, my, I I should point out I really love my wife. I think she's great. But yeah, there's some funny stories. <laughs> That's hilarious. I tell you what, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, okay, well, look, I uh, well, we've kind of just jumped around to oh. random topics rather than sticking to the Goodfellas sort of stuff, but uh, the wise guy stuff. Um, but I think we should probably close it off there. Yep. Uh, before I finish, I guess I was, you always ask this question: Do you feel like you've found any new connections with uh, the, your book of choice? Found any new connections? Uh, I think every yeah. every time you read something, I find you you just get something a little bit different out of it because chances are you're not reading it like once a year, so you're just in a different point in your life, and um, so you just interpret it differently. I mean, like like I said, I've got a two year old, so the way I watch a movie now versus five years ago just 
a world apart. So, like, even something as simple as, I say simple, but, like, when he's going into witness protection and it's like he takes his family along, but it's say goodbye to everyone you know. You don't get to see the rest of your family. you got your wife and your two kids and no one else anymore. So I think scenes like that sort of hit you differently than they would have the first time. But uh, yeah, short of that, I just I just love this book. But I don't uh, I don't connect to it on too deep a level, I guess. No, no, that's that's uh, that's that's uh, I do find that interesting that difference that happens with age because yeah, you you relate to different characters as well, or like the decisions made mean different things. So it's like. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're like, stuck with my wife and kids? I'll take prison. (laughs) I'd like to point out I did not say that at any point. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. That's that's what I'm here for. I'm not the one with the wife and kids. I get to say that stuff. No, beautiful. Thanks a lot for that, Mike. Uh, That's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'll uh, tie it off there. Um, Yeah, cheers. Pleasure was all mine, man. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sans Pants Radio, then why not subscribe to SansPantsPlus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you could have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's SansPantsPlus.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.